We're returning to the Gospel of Mark uh, this morning after taking a break last week while Charlie was with us. We're going to be in Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, you can find the text printed in your bulletin. I want you to imagine for a minute before we begin to read our text that you are a Syrian living in a refugee camp uh, and the United Nations has come to you and they've given you a list of five nations in which you can go and seek refuge. And you're trying to figure out which one of these nations do I want to go to? You might ask things like, well, how are the people there going to treat me when I get there? Am I going to be accepted? Will my children fit in? Where are they going to go to school? Will I be able to learn a language? Will I be able to get a job? But more fundamentally than that, you might have to ask yourself, what are the entrance requirements of this nation that I would like to go to? Can I meet them? Will I make it through the screening process? Can I actually get in to this nation? What do I need to do to get in? Uh, This morning we're going to talk about how someone gets into a kingdom. We're going to talk about how someone gets into God's kingdom. Now you may say, that's interesting, I didn't know God had a kingdom, I didn't know God had a country. What do you mean by God's kingdom? We're going to talk about that this morning. What exactly is the kingdom of God? And what do the citizens of the kingdom of God look like? And how do I become a citizen of the kingdom of God? How do I get in? And then we're going to ask a couple of diagnostic questions to ask ourselves, if I'm a citizen of this kingdom, am I really living by kingdom values? Is is my heart lining up with the heart of my king? So let's read this uh, from Mark chapter 10, verse 13. This is God's word. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. We pray for us. Um, Father, thank you for this portion of scripture this morning, a very a humbling and enlightening portion of Scripture. I pray that you would help me to to handle it truthfully and accurately. I pray that you would give us ears to hear its message and hearts to believe uh, and to truly uh, come to you uh, as a child. We pray it uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, what is the kingdom? What do the citizens of the kingdom look like? How do I get into the kingdom? And then two questions for us to think about. First of all, what is the kingdom of God that Jesus refers to here in this text? The Jewish people of Jesus' day were looking for a Messiah who would come and usher in this great messianic age. Who would usher in the kingdom of God to bring about this time of God's rule being evident throughout the earth. Uh, They were looking for a day when when the world as a whole would be characterized by righteousness and peace, by people knowing the Lord, by forgiveness, by sin and sickness being done away with. Uh, Isaiah 6 is a famous passage that paints a picture of this kingdom of God. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a little child shall lead them. 
The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That's the, that's the kingdom of God come in all its fullness that they were looking for. They were looking for that day when everything wrong is, is, comes undone. And then Jesus shows up and he says the kingdom's here. The kingdom has arrived. He cast out demons. He heals the sick. He offers forgiveness. Jesus even raises the dead. He appears to be beginning this great reversal of everything that is wrong and broken in the world. And then he's crucified. He dies. Why does he have to do that? Because this is the way he ultimately, what he has to do to bring about the kingdom. To bring about restoration. To pay the price for the forgiveness of our sins so that we can be reconciled to the king. He absorbs the just penalty for sin with his death. In and through his death, he defeats death. He defeats death. After he raises from the dead, Jesus meets his disciples. And they have this conversation in Acts chapter 1. They ask him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? So, okay, now the kingdom's coming. Now we've gotten everything out of the way. And Jesus says to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father is fixed by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Jesus intends for this kingdom He has come to bring about, to be established, to expand and to grow. For the, the reign of God, the rule of God, to be established in our individual hearts, in our individual lives, through the proclamation of the gospel as his disciples go and and proclaim the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Calling people to be reconciled to God through faith in Jesus and what he has done. And his disciples are to keep doing this, to keep bringing people into the kingdom, to keep bringing people under the rule and the reign of God until that day when Jesus himself returns to bring the kingdom in all its fullness and all its glory and all its blessing. We experience in part now the blessings of the kingdom as we come under God's reign and rule and we look forward to that day when we will experience those blessings fully. Verse 16 is interesting. It tells us here that Jesus the king took the children in his arms and blessed them. And I think that's a beautiful picture of where we are to find blessing. That we find blessing in Jesus. We find blessing in being brought into his kingdom and not outside of his kingdom. Not outside of his kingdom. And so I, I want to make a quick application here. Where are you trying to find blessing this morning? Where are you trying to find blessing this morning? What kingdom are you, are you trying to enter into to find blessing? Um, a new MacBook, uh, a new phone, a new and improved better you for the rest of the year. Uh, Augustine said we have this God-shaped hole within us and we're always restlessly trying to fill it with something. 
until we find rest in God. I, I think I find blessing. I think I find uh, what I need by seeking comfort and success and pleasure in the things of this world. And Jesus says, you find blessing in me. You find blessing in knowing me. You find blessing in my kingdom and living under the rule and the reign of God. Well, that's what the kingdom is. Who are the citizens of the kingdom? Who are the people that populate this kingdom of God? Verse 13, the disciples are upset. Why are they upset? Well, they're upset because people are bringing their children to Jesus. That seems odd to us. Why are, why are the disciples upset that people are bringing their children to Jesus? It's because children are regarded as very unimportant in that society. But the great teacher doesn't have time to be bothered with you right now. He's busy talking about important stuff. He's busy talking about kingdom stuff. Uh, there used to be a saying when I was growing up, and it's, it's kind of changed. The way our society views children has changed. Uh, you used to hear children should be seen but not heard. Right? You, don't really, you don't really hear that anymore. But that, I think that's something of what this society was like. Uh, the disciples were thinking like the businessman who's busy working late at night trying to get something done. And his kid comes in to show him a picture he's colored. And he says, I don't have time to look at your drawing right now. I'm trying to save the world here. I'm doing business. I'm doing work. I'm doing important stuff. I don't have time for something so unimportant. But Jesus, verse 14 tells us, is indignant at the disciples' attitude. Now verse 14, when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Jesus is saying, people like this, people like these children that that you want to turn away are citizens of the kingdom. This is the type of people that populate my kingdom. Uh, the, the Greek word for children here is for little children or infants. Luke makes this very clear. He actually uses uh, the word that we would translate as babies. That people were bringing their babies to Jesus. They are little children. They're helpless. They're vulnerable. They're powerless. And to such belongs the kingdom of God. To such belongs the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is made up of the helpless, the vulnerable, and the powerless. Uh, God's kingdom, we always see through scripture, is this upside down kingdom. It doesn't, it it inverts the values of the world. Uh, uh, Imagine a a country club where, where, uh, uh, imagine a country club where they've got pictures of former meth heads on the wall. Like these are the people they celebrate. And it's, it's the people without money who come in. And her members. Uh, imagine if you went to the Masters and it was filled with homeless people from Augusta. That those were the first people that they let into the tournament. Or an, an airplane where you get on and the people with no resources are the ones sitting in first class. Uh, we went to an Auburn game a couple of weeks ago, uh, and at ha- I think it was at halftime they honored a man who had given millions of dollars to the athletic program, and they brought him out on the field and they celebrated him. 
And I was thinking, well, what if they got the guy who had never been to a game and had been hacking ESPN for 30 years just to watch the games, and they brought him out and celebrated him? I mean, it would be the opposite of the way that we think. And Jesus does that. He reverses our way of thinking about the kingdom. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Uh, The kingdom that Jesus brings is made up of shamed Samaritan women who have been married five different times. It's made up of rich, hated tax collectors like like Zacchaeus. Uh, The kingdom is made up of a spiritual basket of deplorables. Those are the members of the kingdom of God. Uh, Do any of you remember the old Rudolph special that would run every Christmas? It's probably from the late 60s. They still play it, I think. Uh, And and they have on this Rudolph special, they have the island of misfit toys. And and these are all the toys that aren't good enough for Santa to give away every year. And they're just in a cave somewhere for some reason. But I I don't remember why living in Yukon. So anyway, um, they're dolls with one arm. You know, there are jack-in-the-boxes that have sprung their spring. They're just kind of hanging out. And there are all these misfit toys. There's nothing of them, nothing in them, that would make them deserving of being a gift to a child. Those kind of people, the unimportant, the misfit toys, they make up the kingdom of God. Now, on the one hand, that's bad news. That's bad news for the self-important That's bad news for the self-righteous. That's bad news for the religious who pride themselves in their religion. On the other hand, it's also very good news. It's good news for helpless people. It's good news for the addict wrestling with his or her addiction. It's good news for people who are ashamed of their past. It's good news for those who are struggling to believe. You're crying, help my unbelief. It's, It's good news... For me, Because what that means is that even in all of my mess, I can come to Jesus. Because I come to Him as a child. I come to Him as someone unimportant. I come to Him uh, as a spiritual misfit. Uh, I want to encourage you this morning, and I'm not saying, when I say this, I'm not saying don't take responsibility for your sin. But it might be true that you need to spend less time thinking about how poorly you're doing and more time getting excited excited about the fact that Jesus came to rescue helpless people. In other words, not beating myself up over my sin, but being amazed that Jesus would come to rescue somebody like me and to rejoice in that and be glad in that. Well, that's the citizens of the kingdom. How somebody get in? How does somebody get into the kingdom? If it's made up of helpless people, how do these helpless people get into the kingdom? If you can't buy your way in, if you can't respectable your way in, if you can't religion your way in, how do you get into the kingdom? Verse 15, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Jesus says, You and I have to receive the kingdom like a little child. A child who has no credit, no clout, no claim on the kingdom, no expertise to offer. Receive the kingdom like an infant receives a bottle of milk. Receive the kingdom like a five-year-old receives a present 
at Christmas. Receive it as a gift. Come helpless and undeserving and receive the kingdom as a gift. Uh, Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is death. That what we deserve is death. That we're helpless sinners before God. We're helpless to change that. But that verse goes on to say, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There are entrance requirements for the kingdom of God, the scriptures tell us. There are requirements that you and I don't meet. But Jesus has met them. Jesus has met them. The gospel is that Jesus pays your way in. Uh, So entrance into the kingdom involves receiving the gift that Jesus offers to you. That I have paid this in full. Will you receive it? Will you rest in it? Will you trust in what I have done? Will you receive this like a little child? Will you put your trust in Jesus and turn to Him to bless you just as He blessed the children uh, in this passage? I was in Colorado the past week uh, for a church planner training retreat. I didn't have time to drive, so I had to fly. I don't have the ability to fly. I can't flap my arms and get to Colorado. I can't buy a plane. I don't have that kind of money. So the church buys me a plane ticket, and it's some of the best money you'll spend for me to go to church planner training every year. Someone else pays my way, and I get to go to this gathering of ministers. I take my ticket, which I trust is, is, is real, that I bought it from a real website that's not a fake Southwest website, and I go there trusting that they're going to honor that ticket. I hand them my bag, trusting that that bag is somehow actually going to wind up in Colorado. I get on the plane, trusting that this thing is going to stay up in the air, putting my faith in the pilot that he actually knows what he's doing, even though I've never met him, I know nothing about him. I'm trusting him to get me safely to my destination. I'm completely helpless when it comes to getting to Colorado. So I've got to trust Southwest to get me there. How do I get to the kingdom of God? How do I get to the kingdom of God? I acknowledge that I'm spiritually helpless. I have no way to get there. There is nothing I can do. I don't have any funds with which to pay my way. There's nothing I can do but trust that Jesus has paid the price to get me there. I have to trust in Jesus to fly me to the kingdom, as it were. That Jesus has paid what needs to be paid through his bloodshed on the cross. Uh, The hymn, Rock of Ages, I think sums it up well. Nothing in my hand I bring. Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress. Helpless look to thee for grace. Foul I to the fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. What's the what of the kingdom? It's the who of the kingdom. It's the how of the kingdom, how we enter in. I want to ask two questions as we close for you to think about. Am I living like a citizen of the kingdom? Is is my faith producing a heart that mirrors the heart of the king. And here's, here's two questions to help you think about that. Number one, how do I treat the least of these? How do I treat the least of these? Do I think children and those such as children 
do I think that they are unimportant? Who am I putting in my own basket of deplorables? Who, who are those people to me? Where are you taking tangible steps to help the unimportant, the unacknowledged of our society, the shut-ins, the elderly, the prisoner, the have-nots? Uh, we had somebody come up, I guess it was a few months ago now, talking about the great need for foster parents in Spartanburg County, that we have a larger need for foster parents than any other county in the state of South Carolina. Have you ever thought about that? I was having a couple of, I was having a conversation with a couple of ministers at this church planner training event, and one of them had fostered a child, and then they went on to, to adopt this child. And he said it's been incredibly hard, but that it's the best thing they've ever done as a family, the best thing they've ever done as a family. And he was, they said, you guys should do this. And one of the other guys, I think, expressed what's in a lot of our hearts. He said, I, I think I'm kind of afraid to do that. I think, I think my, my fear keeps me from doing that. I, I'm worried about how it might disrupt my family. I've, I've heard horror stories. I, I just don't know if I can do it. And the first guy said, but there's just such a need we just couldn't ignore it, and I'm just going to have to trust Jesus that it's going to work out. That's somebody whose heart is beating in line with the heart of Jesus. Whose heart is beating in line with the heart of the King. Foster care may not be what he's calling me to or, or you to, but it's one way to love children the way Jesus loved children. Are we finding ways... To love the least of these. How do, how do we view the unimportant? Secondly, are you bringing your children to the king? Are you bringing your children to Jesus for blessing? Uh, you know, it's easy for church to be just another slot in our lives. Is, is worship valuable to you? Are you bringing your children to Jesus on Sunday mornings to learn to do what they're made to do, to learn to actually worship Him, to worship the king? What are we training our children to value? What do our lives say to them about what we really value? What does it say to them about the kingdom that we're really seeking after? Are you bringing your children to Jesus? And are you pointing, not just your children, are you pointing such as these? Are you pointing the helpless, the unimportant? Are you pointing other people in general? Are you pointing people to Jesus? we point people to things we value, don't we? If we're excited about something, we want to tell other people about it. Are you doing that? Where, where does Jesus fit into the things that you value? Are you bringing others to Jesus? I, I loved my time in, in Colorado. We were in the Rocky Mountains, and I would love to go back. Um, and if it's true that I loved it, I would want to go back. I would want to tell other people about it. I would want to encourage other people, hey, you ought to, you ought to go there. We, we do everything in our power to bring others to the things that we love. Are you doing that with Jesus? Are you doing that with your children? Are you doing that with the people around you? Are you trying to bring others to Jesus? Just think about those. Uh, think about those questions and ask yourself, how much is my heart lined up? with the heart of my king. Well, 
The kingdom is where misfit toys find healing and life and community and forgiveness simply by acknowledging their helplessness and coming to the king. Have you come to him? Have you entered the kingdom? Are you bringing others to the king as well? Let me pray for us. Uh, Father, maybe there is somebody here today who's um, never trusted you like a child and and maybe they need to do that. Um, So if if you're one of those people, I, I would encourage you to to pray with me right now. Uh, Lord Jesus, I am helpless and and I am a sinner. Uh, But I know that you save sinners. I know that you save misfit toys and I feel very much like one of those. So I want to come to you simply receiving the gift that you offer, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of being part of a community, the gift of coming under uh, your kingship, the gift of being your child. I receive and rest upon you for all of these things right now. If if that's you, if you're someone who is wanting to lean into Jesus, then I pray I pray this morning that you would be encouraged to do that, to talk to your parents about it, to talk to your pastor about it. But Father, help all of us as we seek to lead our children to Jesus. Help us as we seek to lead others to Jesus. Help us as we struggle with really uh, being caught up in kingdoms other than yours. Uh, help us to return to you uh, and to come to you uh, and to find blessing. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.